This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, if you like this podcast, go behind the paywall to get privileged access to the smartest minds in finance. Join the Real Vision community and learn how to become a better investor. Visit realvision.com slash rvpod and use the promo code podcast10, that's podcast10, to get 10% off our essential membership for the first year. Is the Fed back in play? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. With me today is Dale Pinker, trading coach at TradeGate Hub. Hi, Dale. Happy Friday. Great to be with you, Maggie. Uh, the Fed is always in play. Yeah, it should be always in play, right? So before we dive in, we are heading into a long holiday weekend in the U.S. and U.K., and you can kind of tell because definitely things got thin as we went through the end of the trading session. But I also understand there's another reason for celebration. It's your birthday weekend. It's my party. I could cry if I want to. All right. I, I am an apple put, so I, <laughs> I'll shed a tear for that. Okay. I love it. Well, happy birthday ahead Thank of time, you, Dal. Um, Thank you. And congrats to you. It's always great to celebrate. And it's a good weekend. It's my daughter's birthday as well. We got a lot of oh, stuff going on this weekend. Gemini, so. another Gemini. Yeah, okay. exactly. Good luck. Good luck with her. <laughs> I need it. I need it. <laughs> so we um listen, every feels like everybody's in a celebratory mood. We saw US equities end the week with a rally. Signs that uh lawmakers in Washington are getting closer to a deal on the debt ceiling. It's not there yet, but it looks like things are plotting along. That certainly helped the mood, as did the continued strength in technology. We did see bond yields rise on the back of some economic releases and the dollar bounced back racking up a third week of gains, even though everybody wants to hate the dollar. So there's a lot going sure. on. So yeah. let's sort of, um, let's just start with what's top of mind with you as you look at all these cross currents. What are you thinking about heading into the long holiday weekend? That uh, a, a deal in principle between two weak leaders, McCarthy took 10,000 votes to become speaker. And President Biden, half his party, doesn't want him to run for re-election in 2024. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to rein in all their members to get it through, because both sides are going to feel like they've given up too much. Yeah, This is not just up to President Biden and Speaker McCarthy. So uh, the easy part is bringing something to Congress. The difficult part is being able to get the numbers of votes to pass it. Do you think there's complacency? Because everybody thinks like they they can't possibly yeah. muck this yeah. up, right? The, the, the consequences are too extreme. It's it's like you can't, but I remember, you know, I always think like for, for, I love talking to people, a lot of experience in this because when it's in the hands of politicians, Dumb shit happens sometimes. And I remember back in the wake of the financial crisis when everybody was like, we need TARP to go through. 
the politicians yeah. didn't do it and the markets free fall like no one ever saw before so the and they quickly they quickly freaked out and amended that but you know there's always this i think sometimes we're very complacent about the fact that cooler calm or smart or heads will prevail in washington and i don't know is that a worry like are we putting too much faith in the fact that everyone's going to do the right thing no one ever thought there'd be the capital takeover on january 6th either right so there's there's always that outlier um i don't have confidence in in congress uh there's too much vitriol uh they're even splintered within their own parties so uh, there are people that uh, feel that it would be a good thing to let's let's check it out and see what a default is like. And, uh, I, you know, I'm still not confident that it's going to get done. The market it, and if it is, the market's already starting to discount it. Uh, S&P's could see 4300 if it goes through. But a lot of patient bears, and I was not one of them, I wasn't patient enough, but a lot of patient bears are looking at a short S&Ps around the 43 to 43 and a half level. There's a lot of confluence of technical factors there. And I don't think the strength lasts more than another week. Interesting. Maybe two. Interesting. So do you think it doesn't last because larger macro events overwhelm the situation or is it just both. running to both okay it's both <clears throat> and <clears throat> i think that uh, you know we could have a mess trying to get this um debt ceiling passed mm -hmm. uh the fed is back in play i think they're gonna go why wouldn't they the market isn't uh, the market could handle <laughs> it right i mean the yeah. market it, it's on i guarantee you that the fed is not happy about uh, the NASDAQ becoming parabolic here. Uh, there's even talk that uh, certain home markets are improving again. And the inflation picture uh, has improved in eggs. But Maggie, I, I went to a, a liquor store the other day and I paid $18 for a 12-pack of uh, Coors Light. So it's becoming ingrained. <laughs> I won't go to that liquor store again. But it's All right, becoming. Michelle, we have we we got to get together. I got questions about your choice of purchase too. But well, that's oh, well, yeah, another you know. day. Listen, we are going to do. We're going to have you back <laughs> on because I'm gonna. I'm going to jump off this for a programming note. We hear you all. We're here on a four o'clock on a Friday Memorial Day. We understand. We're going to respect the summer Fridays, and we're going to pull the daily briefing down. We're experimenting. We're going to do it earlier. And we're going to make it a happy hour. And so you come back with your course and let's like talk about that drink <laughs> choice. But it's your birthday, so I'm not going to harass you today. All right, but, baby. But, but you're right. Like there, this is so just just for those who may have been unplugged and getting a jump start. And I know you're not all having a bank holiday, but it is it is it's going to be thin markets because a lot of big players are going to be out. We did get PCE reading on inflation, which is one of the Fed's preferred measures of inflation. It came in a bit higher than expected. Consumer spending's holding up. We see people out there. So uh, it looks like, Dale, the, the market's now pricing back in the fact that the Fed may raise rates one more time. Do you think they're yeah. going to have to do that? Twice. Twice. And uh, I think that uh, until the market reassesses the easing that it has priced in for later this year, early next year, um, that it's wrong-footed on rates, uh, maybe it's a good time to go to the TLT chart. Yeah, let's pull that up because there is a big, we've been talking about it. For those of you who are members, you know that we've been 
not just on the daily briefing, but in lots of our programs, really taking a look at this, there's a big discrepancy between what the market thinks and what the Fed is saying. And that's problematic. What do you think is going to happen with TLT here? There's been so much volatility in bonds. It's kind of unprecedented the amount of volatility we've seen. What what do you see happening with TLT here? I see a breakdown. Uh, And, you know, about a few weeks ago, I was expecting perhaps a breakout to the upside, maybe on some risk off over that 109 level. Instead, we're breaking down. And uh, there are record net shorts in treasuries. That's one of the rationalizations for staying long. Um, Up until today's inflation number, we had terrible manufacturing numbers. Everyone's looking for the economy to slow. But if your viewers look at the bottom of that TLT chart, you'll see that when they were making lows in October, that momentum was making a new low too, which makes it a confirmed low. When momentum and price confirm, markets rarely bottom on confirmed lows and confirmed highs. So the uh, the conclusion I, I make is that we're going to take out those lows. And, you know, I wonder what that's going to do to banks' balance sheets. Uh, I'm wondering what that's going to do as far as competition. Uh, I know it's going to be part of the reason that the dollar, I think, has legs. Uh, And I love your description of the dollar rally. Uh, It's hated. It's not embraced. Mm -hmm. People are still very bearish to dollar. I actually think, and I brought a euro chart we could get to, that euro's going to trade back near parity. And this is part of the reason. Because... Rates can go up on the long end, not because of economic data or an economic recovery, just because there are too many bonds and not enough buyers. The auctions have gone okay, but mm-hmm. we're about to get swamped with supply. This is really in. this is really important. So everyone's been thinking, do they get a deal? Do they not get a deal? Everyone that we've been having on our air, and I think this is why it's so important. We try to like, look out for people and try to get them the information, all the kind of professionals and smart money are talking about, okay, so debt ceiling aside, what happens then? What's the deal with all the issuance that's going to flood the market? And what happens to liquidity issues around all this debt ceiling? So how are you thinking about the debt ceiling issue through, let's say we get a deal, ugly, messy, not everybody's happy with it kind of thing. What are the talk to me about that issuance? Okay, well, you're going to have uh, uh, the Treasury has to refill their gas tank. And yeah. that means a lot of notes and bonds are going to come to market. A uh, similar thing happened in 2011. And so when you have a ton of Treasury offerings, in fact, you know what's interesting, Maggie? People are will take less interest to buy a corporate bond because they have more confidence in the corporation paying back on time than they do on sovereigns. Right. That's a statement in itself. You look at LQD, certain high corporate credits, they have a lower yield than treasuries, depending that on is, the time coupon. That is, that's so important because they are seen as the safe havens now. Like they're seen as the... And the and the this is so buy junk people. bonds instead of treasuries, which used to be the best of breed and where the flight to safety was right. and where everyone wanted to park their money and they wouldn't have to worry about it. Yep, that's now changing. It's, 
it's changing because there's a sovereign bond bubble that everyone's trying to figure out how do, what do you, how do you deal with this thing? It's a problem. Okay. Yeah, and you know there are some smart guys that like the bonds. You know, there's Gunlich. Uh, there's a lot of people that like them. But you know, uh, it's one thing to have an opinion, but price is truth, and the truth and the momentum confirming that low. And when you think about it, you know we're in going to be in June. All the bonds did was stabilize, move sideways in in uh, bearish consolidation. And breaking down, you can't argue with the price. Um, you know, the bonds look ugly to me right now, Maggie. I'm looking for new lows. There could, there could be uh, a pullback in the tenure. Uh, they were look, they measured to about 390. Mm. We'll see if they hold 360 if rates come off. There are a lot of people looking for lower rates. Um, I actually think eventually, even if there is a dip in rates that the 10 years is going to make new highs into year end. In terms of yield? Yield, yes. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. I think we all know by now, things are pretty fucked out there for most of us. You see, whether it's currency debasement, rising real estate prices, or wages that never go up, It's really hard. And one of the most popular things we ever did was that series, How to Unfuck Your Future. So we're going to do it again. March 11th, March 22nd. We'll discuss the problems at hand, no holes barred, and then we'll give you all the tips you need to unfuck your future. It just costs a dollar to join Real Vision to get access to all of this content. Go to realvision.com forward slash the future. I'll see you there. Let's unfuck your future together. So that's so important. So we this is this carries a theme we've been having this conversation, this very smart conversation we've been having all week uh, with our guests. And I think Peter Bookfar put it very clearly: the people who are looking for the dip in rates are looking at the economy, right? They're saying recession's right. coming. I see things rolling over. I see inflation moving lower, even though it, you know, we can have a debate about how low it's going to go. Um, exactly. There's the credit squeeze, squeeze coming. So this it's the economic that they're looking at, part of the equation. But Peter said, I'm looking at the demand for Treasury side. Like okay. you can tell me all that stuff about the economic side, but what about who's buying these bonds? How high do you have to have rates in order to track buyers? And it sounds like that's what you're focused on as well. That's exactly. Um, it's a crowding out in uh, credit markets by all that supply. I have a lot of respect for Peter. Uh, and uh, that gives me more conviction. I, I'm looking for new lows. I'm wondering how a lot of markets are going to react. And if the debt ceiling drags on, we, like they kick the we, can, could, down, we could have a confidence. Kick the can down the road because yeah, they haven't have, ironed out all the details. We could uh, have a bond crash. Okay, and, so, you yeah. know, kind of like what happened to the gilts yeah, um, last year. And That's the guilt huge. are under pressure too. All sovereigns globally are under pressure. All right. I'm just going to tell everyone, um, if you're on the YouTube side of our universe and you're a subscriber on YouTube, we are having everyday conversations about this on the member side. Um, it's really important. And this is the kind of information from the very beginning. This dates back to the beginning of Real Vision that not everyone 
has, and you have to be aware of these risks because they're real and you're not hearing it elsewhere. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's really important because this is a dynamic that it doesn't, when you look at the markets and the pricing, it seems like there's complacency about this, Dale. When I look at what's happening with stocks, if we were to have like a dis, I don't even say crash, because I'm, I, I that, that's a that's a hard word to to throw out. But if we were to have a dislocation, if we were to have bonds not respond to Fed policy, not and really instead go on supply and demand issues, that has repercussions for everything, including stock markets, doesn't it? Right. Well, remember, uh, you and I have talked. I forgot who you interviewed. Who said, "If I get the dollar right." I can get everything. Peter Brandt. That's always okay. what Peter Brandt says. I, well, uh, yeah. the only thing that's not being affected by this recent rally in the dollar are, are equities. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, metals have taken a, a hit. Copper was under pressure for China reasons. Uh, there are a lot of stocks that are not participating in this. It's very highly concentrated, this rally. And uh, so the dollar is going a lot higher than a lot of people think. I'm not looking for new highs, but when you're talking about parity in the euro, yeah, so let's that's put a the pretty euro, good- I think we might've had it up before, but let's put the euro dollar chart. Cause whenever we talk about the dollar, really folks like Dale who know like to talk crosses, not just the dollar, cause it's, it depends on what you're talking about. So if we look at the euro dollar, um, and and Robert has a question about this, we'll get to in a second. He's asking, do you think parity is still in play? And yes. you think it is? Yeah. So if you see the blue speed line down there, mm -hmm. comes in a little bit above a uh, hundred. Uh, that would just be a retracement of the rally that we've had. So the rally that we had finally completed up around ten and a half. Um, I wouldn't buy the dollar blindly, but if there's an opportunity on a rally to sell euros at 109, 10940, even eight and a half. Um, I would go with it. The euro is a majority of the Dixie. So uh, if Dixie pulled back to say uh, 103, uh, 102 and a half, um, that's a break to buy. Uh, I think that the dollar is giving an early signal of monetary conditions tightening and paying attention to the 10 year while the market is, is ignoring it. And, uh, you know, I'll bring up 1987. It's the biggest case of a word called disintermediation. In 87, rates were rising sharply and the market was going up and it kept going up and rates kept rising. And you never know when you're gonna get that last snowflake for it to be the tipping point of an avalanche, but they will reconnect. And what's outperforming is most rate sensitive tech. Yeah. Okay. So uh, either you know I'm I'm real wrong about rates and rates are about to crash, or there's going to be a reversion to the mean, especially if I'm right about bonds. So this is this is let's let's like take a pause and underscore this because there are markets that are moving against the correlations that we normally understand. And I think that you and many others have kind of explained it as an elastic band stretching, right? So until the event happens, you can kind of get this period where it seems like these things can happen, but it's only because you haven't had the impact yet. So 
it sounds like you're saying you're worried about stock valuations here based on your thought about what's going to happen with bonds and the dollar. Is that right? And the economy. And and uh, that's why I think that there are also interests in having this debt ceiling fight um, continue. And that for President Biden, uh, everyone I talk to him with what uh, the Fed has done in the last year with rates says that we're going to have not a great 2024, even if we get through 23. Hmm. So everyone's going to be looking for someone to blame. Uh, the And Biden can blame the Republicans for not bringing a clean uh, debt ceiling bill to him and say that they wanted too much because uh, they were going to cut social programs too deep when people need it. And the Republicans are going to say the Democrats want too much because they're unwilling to cut and the deficit's out of control. And I don't even think Jerome Powell would mind it that if we can blame a debt ceiling political fiasco for what may happen economically in the next 12 months, even the Fed could say we had things under control until we didn't have the political will to pass the debt ceiling in a timely manner. So it's cover for everybody. Everybody wants a scapegoat, which is horrible. (laughs) Horrible policy. Let's just say it's horrible policy, but it is absolutely politics these days, which is part of our problem. So Sandeep was asking, will this momentum take NASDAQ to new all-time highs? a purely technical outlook. This brings up a really interesting point. So you see things lining up where you think stocks are vulnerable, but the yeah. tape is hard to argue with when you see this round. This is true. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so there's a, there's a, and, and Sandeep, thank you for that question. There's a long-term perspective. Well, there's, there's long-term, medium-term and short-term, but there's a, let's, let's call it medium-term where not everybody can be right. The markets are dislocated. Like things are trading in a way that something has to change. There has to be a repricing. But in the short term, you've gotten your head handed to you if you tried to short tech stocks, especially the NASDAQ. Look at just what happened in this week with NVIDIA and the NASDAQ. Well, yeah, trade selection is everything. So, you know, people aren't getting hurt still being short the Russell although the Russell's recovering and the Dow hasn't been as strong. And you're right, it's been concentrated in tech, but take a look at uh, the Apple chart since you bring it up. Yep, let's pull up Apple. So, you know, NASDAQ's gone parabolic. NVIDIA, uh, you know, uh, such a big gap, people had to tack on some paper on top of their chart so they could you yeah, know, I mean, be able to graph it. Let's just but look at just, Apple. Just D- Dale, you watch markets all the time. I was flabbergasted at the at the gains in Nvidia. Like there were a lot of people who were anticipating. A lot of people were thinking it was time to take profits. Even people were so bullish the stock. Were like, there's no way to see a stock like that go up 25 percent in one day. That's an extraordinary move. I heard it was the best earnings report, not just for Nvidia but for any stock in history. Yeah. In history, unprecedented. So is it real? Like you have to ask yourself, is this real? Is there something different with AI? And this is the debate we're gonna have. And I I told you all, we're going to have 
like uh, we're going to do a lot on AI coming up in the next few weeks because it's the, the topic of the moment. But it just how do you wrap your head around this? Is it because you because it's like that? God, this this it it is the it's going to change everything. It's this disruptor. It's real. And then it's like, or is it just that same? trap we all get stuck in where we chase it and then it's going to end bad. How are you thinking about this, Dale? Well, you know, if you think about AI itself, you're right. Uh, when you think about valuations, that's a different story. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's no doubt that there's overvaluation and that is, uh, that gap I think is going to be filled that NVIDIA put in. It may have to do some distribution here first. And, uh, you know, you take a stock like Apple, it's the most loved stock in the world. I could have used a little extra artificial intelligence <laughs> buying puts before the earnings. So, uh, and that's why I told um, your viewers and you the last time we were here is I'm doing it with September puts because uh, there could be a good earnings report like Microsoft that ripped the cover off the ball. And that's exactly what happened. But consider what NASDAQ has done, uh, almost every tech stock, and look at Apple has been sideways since the earnings report. Uh, it, it's destined for another high, but it won't confirm with momentum. Maybe it trades 180, but pay attention to Apple. And if you ever see the ticker and Apple trading under 170, that's the gold signal for positions. I continue to accumulate short positions because once we're back in that channel, under 170, the lower channel line comes in at about 125. Mm. So um, I, and, and also- So you Mandy, see it going to 125. Yeah, and part of it, I did have a fundamental rationale and it was China. Mm. And uh, what did China do this week with Micron? Yeah. It's only the beginning. We're gonna take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. So we're going to talk yet. a lot and, and, and all chips, like there's a lot of political risk out there in technology and we don't talk about it enough because right now it's all about the enthusiasm of AI. So that's something we're, we're going to be looking at going forward. But Well, you know, you know you China know. isn't being aggressive. Uh, they're retaliating because we already put uh, sanctions on them for getting any kind of chips. Going after Apple would be, no, I'm not going to say a nuclear option, but it's a, that's a, that's a new level of aggression. Are, aren't there Chinese phone manufacturing? Yeah. Can't you just, if you're in China, I, I tell you what, it'd be a lot easier for Xi than Biden to say, <clears throat> we're not using Apple oh, phones. Anymore. Absolutely. I mean, there's no, and, there's no, yeah, there's nothing stopping and, him from doing it. And their new, their, their new um, guidelines are security over profits. China does need the U.S. as a trading partner, though. It's very hard to imagine them, even G, with the 
command control center, you know, be, being able to do that. But it is an interesting. So we just got a question we'll in from Jay Blackburn. Um, well, yeah, you, you, right. So someone very uh, on our platform, and we we do geopolitics and China risks on that a lot. Uh, somebody said there's the scenario, and then but that's if you assign rational thinking. But the problem is politicians aren't rational and leaders aren't rational, especially dictators are not rational. So whether you're talking about Putin or Xi, like you you can assign all your odds to it, but then there's this unknown that you're just not sure if they'll do the irrational thing. Want to squeeze this in? G Blackburn asked, how about put spreads on QQQ and DX? Yes. Yes. You know, uh, what's the right day by time? You know, go out to December. And, you know, I want to tell you an interesting story and part of the reason why I still think there's a break coming in the market. You know, I talk to a lot of uh, people like you do, Maggie. Mm. And uh, this one analyst who I noticed his work a long time on this charting platform. And he did a lot of work with planetary um, reasons. Uh, he Everything, the guy lived and breathed it. And he passed away about four or five months ago um, from cancer. And I followed his work and he said there'll be a March low, which if everyone looks at their S&P chart, that was the last low. And he has uh, had a July crash date that was so important for him to get out to his followers mm. and listeners that um, I'm paying attention to it. Interesting. And so, you know, uh, with his uh, last bit of energy, he made sure that people were aware that liked his work about the danger coming in July. All right. Well, that that's always something to pay attention to. I'm going to have to hook and, you and Mish up because she watches. You traders watch everything, like everything, yeah. which is which is what I love. Want to get to gold because we had a conversation uh, on the platform. Uh, Roger actually just it went out live. Members. Uh, if you're listening, probably uh, hopefully caught some of it. It was on uh, for plus uh, about uh, gold. Da Daniel Jarrett, chief investment officer um, at Strategy Capital, spoke to Roger about how they felt about gold. I want to get your thoughts, but let's listen to the clip first. Okay. Yeah, you know, we we don't consider gold in kind of the super cycle framework just because, you know, it, it, it has so many different faces to it and so many different sources of demand. You know, from a you know right now where we see gold is, I mean, it, you know, it's been very, it, you know, it's obviously done very, very well over the last six to nine months. You know, the one thing that you know you can look at, you know, there's kind of a cyclical, you know, perspective if you kind of look at central bank behavior over a longer period of time. And we've entered this period where you know we've seen just tremendous central bank, you know, purchasing, um, you know, and we think that does does continue, you know, which should which should support gold. You know, I think also, you know, we've entered, I think, you know, an unfortunate time of just a lot of geopolitical tensions, not just coming from, you know, Russia and Ukraine, but, you know, tensions between, well, you know, populism in general. Um, I think there's just a lot more inherent uncertainty globally than there was maybe five, six, seven years ago. And so, you know, we're seeing gold, you know, driven by, I, you know, what I would consider still its, its primary kind of fundamental drivers, which is, you know, central bank demand. You know, there's still, you know, if you really think about gold over the very, very long run, you know, you're you're kind of thinking about GDP growth, and there's you know there's also a, you know a lot of demand that comes out of emerging economies, and and we see that set to continue. Um, so you know I think, but you know we trade gold the same way that we would trade any other asset. It's still around the cyclical framework, um, and so you know we, we you know we're we're very positive on it. 
And that full interview is available for plus members. So if you're not on the platform, hit that QR code and join our community. If you are, but you don't have access to that same thing, upgrade. Um, so very interesting conversation. And commodities come up all the time because they've been kind of forgotten. We get a lot of questions about gold, given all the turmoil going on. How are you thinking about gold right here? Well, I brought a gold chart. And last time I was on, <clears throat> I said that if people were patient, they are going to be able to see the 1800 handle. So we've come off uh, 100, 120 bucks, 140 from the highs. So, so far that call is bright. Uh, we're going to test 1920, which is an important breakout point. Uh, but I think that with if I'm right about my outlook for the dollar, that you have time to buy gold. And I actually think that uh, between 1840 and 1780 is the range. And silver having a great update today with everything. Still think that we could see 22 uh, outside shot of 20 again. Again, the dollar will catch up with everything that's ignoring it. And mm -hmm. that makes it hard for me to want to be uh, bullish gold right here. And the miners aren't acting well, particularly the silver miners. They're not that far away from their lows, um, SILJ all of these so what do you make of I, that why is that dale uh you know uh, they have their own issues uh you mm -hmm. know maybe it's uh you know profitability yeah. uh but they should be minting money out here i don't know the reasons but i know what it means and it, is, it tells me i could be patient about right. re-entering the gold market this is always the question why we ask a lot of people when they like a commodity, do you express it in the commodity or through the miners? And the miners do have some issues sometimes that come up that separate it from the commodity itself. I, I think you sent us over a chart of WTI. So I want to hit on oil before we squeeze a question in. So we hit the half hour. Usually we do an extended daily briefing. We're going to go a little bit longer today. We're not going to do the whole extended. It's Friday of a bank holiday and long weekend for a lot of people. It's been a long week and we have some really turbulent waters coming up. So we are going to like reserve our energy. So we're not going to go full steam today for the whole hour, but we can never resist getting a little bit more with Dale. So we're going to keep going and you're all going to stay on for it. We're going to do for you that for you this Friday for the YouTube folks with us. Um, so let's talk about WTI. Okay. So uh, WTI has been in a bear market since uh, the invasion. And uh, if you see the lower blue line, that's two attempts at uh, the low 60s to hold. I'm looking for one more drive down there and possibly take out those lows. But on that next drive down, I'm going to be looking to be a buyer of crude. So uh, should we tag that double bottom, take out the stops? I'm a buyer. Interesting. So do, especially when we were facing a situation where we see like the economy, the U.S. economy is still like if we got Fed hikes, that means the economy strong. Consumers are out there spending. Is that supportive for that? Uh, I think there could be some uh, geo issues. You know, we, yeah. and we still haven't refilled our SPR. We can't do that because the debt ceiling's not done. So, that, uh, right. So, uh, you know, if that happens, maybe that's going to create some support. And I think we're entering a very critical phase um, in the Ukraine war. I, I think things are heating up everywhere this is get in interesting. the Middle East. This has yeah. gone, the Ukraine war has gone way to the back burner. Not a lot of people are paying attention to what's going on about that. 
around that situation rather. And um, it's interesting. We're going to have to take a little look at that because there's been so many other events sort of taking the limelight. Uh, and that could and that could also be a bit of a tailwind for the dollar and a headwind for euro. Nothing like having an ocean separate you yeah. from a ground war. By the way, when we're talking about, I just want to um, somebody in the beginning because we know Dale is amazing about giving us his thoughts on levels. And um, uh, Robert had said earlier, great call on euro dollar earlier. For those of you who pay attention from time to time as Dale comes on, um, he's spot on a lot of the time. Um, and we appreciate him for for doing that because a lot of people want to play it safe and not say anything. Uh, so uh, somebody asking, do you have any thoughts on Nat Gas? We didn't discuss that. Are you watching that at all? You know, I've gotten tired of watching it, so it's probably bottoming here. I think that uh, Europe got lucky last year with the weather, and I wouldn't count on the weather being cooperative. Uh, there is a huge new system in the Pacific, a Grand El Nino, which has implications for uh, supply issues in uh, cold winters in Europe, uh, droughts in the Midwest. Uh, so, you know, we have some weather patterns that are going to change and Europe will need lots of natural gas. Next yeah, year. I'm going to we're going to have to get Sean Hackett back on. It's time for a weather update because we do him from time to time to talk about the 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 relationship with commodities and I think we're due because that's been you and some others have mentioned that to us re recently. We t we had the the um the bite about gold. I know that uh when Roger was talking, they were also um in that in the the clip we pulled a bit from with Daniel, they were talking about uh, food commodities as well. We still yeah. see a lot of high prices in food commodities. Yeah, and the loved, uh, really the loved commodity has been sugar. It's had uh, you know huge bull run. Maybe look for some out of favor commodities. They've really hit the grains hard going into growing season. And if El Nino plays out. Uh, maybe spread yourself out between uh, corn, beans, and wheat and own some grains. You can't eat gold. <laughs> no. All, also, there's some stuff happening in the Black Sea again where uh, I don't know how Ukrainian farmers can fight a war and bring in a crop. They seem to be able to do it. They're, it's amazing. But I think there's going to be problems with that breadbasket again next yeah. year. Yeah. I think that's an area we really have to keep an eye on. And as you said, like that affects everyone. So when we're talking about any kind of economic forecast, um, by the way, I just want to give some comments because as usual, and I've said this this week, but the chat's been on fire and you're all so smart. We have the smartest viewers and learning tribe anywhere. Um, TC just mentioning uh, back to our conversation about technology. AI is different largely because the ecosystem is different and parts are way more mature and understood than where things were in dot-com. Not to say there's not a lot of hype, but it's a different setup. And I think that's what's interesting and, and also perplexing for people because it's easy to say, oh, it feels like the froth from dot-com, but we're not talking about super young companies with no track record. We're talking about really established companies that are fueling this run up. And I think that makes it hard to figure out what to do here, Dale. Yeah, you know, I'm not, it's not my bailiwick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you could see, you know, people are talking about huge productivity gains and and uh, also displacement of millions of workers. So yeah. that is a big change. It is a big change, and it's 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 big mega caps leading it, as opposed to last time around when it was, 
you know, everyone likes to talk about the dot coms that disappeared and we don't remember. Um, and there was a lot of a, a lot of. So if you can replace did. people, yeah. which, uh, you know, at times uh, they're they're problems anyway. <laughs> uh, with, and their performance is uh, up and down. Uh, even the best don't always have great days uh, with something that is uh, no longer a monthly expense. Uh, you can imagine what that's going to do to the bottom line of companies. I just think that we're early in it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, it's probably it most likely could be, you know, the next mega move uh, in markets. But I, again, I think that there's a um, a problem with ec economies that eventually uh, if the market does sell off, if I'm right about the October lows giving way and my friend, a July crash, even AI will come in. And those will probably be the stocks you want to buy if there's a washout in the market. Um, yeah. Buy those. Um, we have a lot of people who are do pay attention from each appearance that you're on, Dale, and they're giving you a lot of kudos for all of the, the calls and the commentary you've made from time to time, um, including some of That's our nice. very discerning <laughs> viewers who are- They must know it's my birthday. Crowd yeah. sometimes, but- you know, you're, It's you're just a, a birthday present from- It's a birthday, uh, right? They're being view. very generous yeah. on your birthday. Um, yeah. One last question, and th this is, I just want to make sure we try to get them in. Um, Green Avocado asking, is the yield curve steepening play crowded? What's the downside to playing the yield curve this way? Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, it's crowded. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm really not a, a curve guy. I'll just go with, I think, after we take out the lows and bonds, if there is a TLT, makes new lows, um, that that might be the time when there's some kind of capitulation in the bond market and people are talking about, I'll never touch a <laughs> U.S. Treasury again, that you look at buying some of those. Amazing. Dale, it is, there's no better way to end the week than with you, and especially leading into this fantastic celebratory birthday weekend for you. And you're going you're gonna to go out and have some good food, I understand, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm 39. Uh, I'm going to maintain Jack Benny's. Uh, you probably don't remember Jack Benny, but he oh, stayed, 30, he, he too, stayed 39 oh, forever. Yeah. 39. I love, I love it. 39 forever. Fantastic. Well, we, we love nothing more than spending some time with you, Dale. So thank you so much for being on. Always a great pleasure and honor to talk to I you. I don't have a people. glass of anything good, but we raise a glass to you. Happy birthday, Dale. L'chaim to life, man. All right. That's all it. Right. And, and to you. all of you, if you are celebrating uh, the bank holiday in the UK or the long holiday here, have a fantastic glorious weekend. Um, if you're not, have a good weekend anyway, and we'll see you back here Monday. Take care and good luck out there. What's up, revolutionaries? Thanks for tuning in to the Real Vision Daily Briefing. For more content like this, head over to realvision.com and get unfiltered access to the very best, brightest, and biggest names in finance.